Hello and welcome to the Strong as a Mama podcast. I am your host, Mary, and this is a place for moms to feel seen and heard during the intense personal journey and transformation of becoming a mom and being a mom. And our guest today is somebody who is, I am honestly eternally grateful to, and I'll tell you why in a minute. This is Polly of Beyond the V Physical Therapy. Um, she specializes in helping women, and I'll, um, I'll let her get into all of that later. But hi, Polly. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm happy to be here, and I, I love everything about this podcast. I've loved listening to all the episodes so far. Oh, my gosh. You're so sweet. Thank you. Polly has her own podcast, so you should definitely check that out. I even was a guest on it a while back. Um, so it's so sweet of her to come here on mine. Before we dive in, though, I want to say why I'm eternally grateful to Polly. So um, when I was pregnant with Ivy, my first, I started experiencing, um, it's what is it called? Pubic symphysis dysfunction. I've heard it called different things. Is that like a correct name. Yeah, if you look it up, technically it's called symphysis pubis dysfunction. Okay. But I think most people it, it comes out a lot easier, pubic symphysis dysfunction or, or lightning crotch is another phrase people will use. Yeah. Lightning crotch is um a a very good way to describe it. <laughs> That's exactly what it <laughs> felt like. I just started getting about halfway through the pregnancy, I started just getting these sharp, intense pains like in my pelvis whenever I would move my lower body like just taking a step would hurt so bad like let alone um you know trying to exercise like that went out the window let alone rolling in bed going upstairs anything like that uh, it was just super super painful and I got really no help and support from my medical provider um, she basically just told me, oh, you know, just wait it out, just try to rest. And, you know, after you have the baby, if it's going to go away, then it will go away on its own was basically all she told me. And so then when it didn't go away on its own, I just thought that was like what my life had to be. But then luckily a friend referred me to Polly and I didn't even go to her until Ivy was one, almost one. But after just a few appointments, she fixed me right up. I was good of good as new and my quality of life was like drastically improved and I'm so grateful and then she helped me through my pregnancy with Fawn to like keep it in check and I'm just so grateful because that really like it was life-changing for me because I really couldn't exercise I I was in pain all the time and so I'm just so grateful and it's like amazing that you just have such knowledge that you were able to know exactly what the problem was and fix it so quickly well I'm always happy to help and it's one of those things that it like if you remember they were very short appointments they're only about 10 minutes it's it's really a quick fix for a period of time before it comes back again and so I I wish more providers and women knew that you didn't like you said well I just thought this was how my life was going to be it, it of course doesn't have to be that way there's a lot of there's a lot of ways to address things so pregnancy isn't so terrible because there's, you know, something so wonderful that comes at the end of it. 
I don't think it's meant or designed for us to be so dang miserable during the process. I love that. It's just so wonderful that there's people like you who who have the tools. So um, Polly and I have become friends just because she is so amazing and it's impossible to not want to be friends with her. And um, I know that she, so she has two little kids of her own. Why don't you go ahead and, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Do you want to just like introduce yourself a little bit first? I'm just so excited. (laughs) No, yeah, no problem. So, yeah, so I'm I'm a mother. I have a she just turned five, Ava, and then Baba he just turned three a couple months ago, and they're the best of friends. And I homeschool them, which has been so much fun just to be able to have more time with them, to let their sibling bond grow really strong. Um, and then, like you said, Mary, I have my clinic that I'm at that I'm at two days a week and then I have an online brand and so life is very full and of my choosing which I think has been such a beautiful thing but of course there's always the challenges and struggles that come along with it trying dare I say juggle I I, I really have there's a lot of words that I've come to really get frustrated with like balance or juggle for for many reasons but my my plate is full but I chose what to put on my plate and it so yeah so that that that's where I'm at in motherhood right now it's it's a full time of life it's a very full season you'll notice I'm not saying busy so like mm-hmm. I don't know I don't really care for that word anymore either but yeah that's that that's what we have going on over here (laughs) yes you you really do um you do so much but it is with great intention and and with the intention truly of helping people I know that about you and it's so true though that like the words that we choose about our lives and the things we choose to do make such a difference like yeah I I feel the same way like and and I'm not sure that I have like great words to replace it, but I don't love I don't love those words either. Like just busy juggling everything, trying to find balance. I also don't like, oh, things are crazy. Like that's that right. I don't like that. <laughs> um, but full, like, yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it. Um Yeah, it, it's true. Words are very powerful. Yeah, when I'm, there's a, a, a an older friend of mine. She's quite a, she's quite a bit older than me. Has done a lot more life than I have, and she told me that busy is a four letter word to her. She doesn't like to use it, and exactly along the lines of what you're saying, you know, our words are powerful. And one of the things that she taught me, even before I was a mother, was you know to not use that four letter word busy. But she would always talk about her plate being so full and she likened it to being at a buffet, right? Like you can go and you're going to have a bellyache if you put too much on your plate. But really, you're the one choosing what you're putting on your plate. You know the outcome, right? It's been a very long time since I've eaten at a buffet, so I don't (laughs) really remember. But I mean, Thanksgiving wasn't that long ago, you know, same kind of 
idea, if you're loading up your plate and then you get back to sit down and you think, oh, well, I have to do all of this, you know, it, it kind of can become very much a chore. And like you said, oh, it's crazy how much food I have on my plate. No, you, you know, like you put it there. And so that's, I've been very mindful about that in my motherhood journey, if you will. And I'm not, I'm definitely not perfect. There's many, right. There's many days that I lose it and I get frustrated and I might use the word, Oh, I'm too busy or I don't have time. That's another one. I, I don't, I try not to say anymore, but I also think too, from, for my journey, getting pregnant with my first was really hard. And that was something that I prayed for, for a really long time. So I almost feel like to some degree and very similar how I feel with the patients that I see, I don't, I don't think pregnancy should be something that we hate or that we resent our bodies after we give birth because our body does tell a story, right? And I also dislike the, fr- I feel like we're, well, I feel like I'm kind of getting a little sassy pants over here, but <laughs> I, well, I don't like this and I don't like this, but I am not a huge fan when women will say, well, I want to get my body back. Well, I also think that to some degree, when you say that, it's like you're trying to erase the fact that you gave birth. And I think it's one of those things that, like I said, I prayed to have my first and she was a tough one to get here earthside. And while I'm so thankful for it, that... I wanted these days, right? Like I wanted these days where now the kids are keeping their clothes on and like I have cleaned up, you know, bodily <laughs> fluids everywhere because it's it's just one of those days, you know, or their rooms are disasters despite us cleaning it up, you know, 30 minutes ago. These These are the things I really did want. And so like you're saying, our words are so powerful. While I get frustrated often, I do have to remind myself and maybe even kind of get after myself that this is what I really wanted, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great reminder. Um, something that I thought of as you were talking about that is, so I'm preparing for the Mrs. Utah pageant, you know, and I've been actually watching pageants here and there because it has become very fun to me to walk a pageant, <laughs> uh, which is so random. But um, and it's like helping me prepare and stuff, you know. Um, and I was watching like a past Miss USA pageant, and um, it just seemed like in their interview answers and stuff, they just kept on you like referring to like live your dream, you know chase after your dream make your dreams come true that kind of thing and I kind of had this moment where like where I I felt like oh well I'm not in that category of like chasing a dream because you know I'm in this motherhood season and then I was like wait a second wait a second what is the biggest dream that I've had (laughs) of, of all other dreams my whole life was to be a mom and to have little kids and little babies to take care of. And it's like, that's exactly what I'm doing. I am living my dream and I'm in it right now. And I'm not going to tell myself that that I'm not because, yes, this this is the dream. And that doesn't mean that that I can't have all my emotions. And, you know, sometimes it's hard and you're like, wow, this 
this is really hard and that's okay. You know, we don't need to diminish that. And I'm big on that, but it doesn't mean that we aren't doing some big, great thing. Cause we totally are. I, I, I love that you said that there's a girl I follow on Instagram and she'll often post the same, uh, I guess, Instagram post or something that somebody else says. And it essentially is saying, don't you dare blame not going after your dreams on your kids. Like, and sometimes she'll elaborate on it and she'll say things like, your kids should be the re- the biggest reasons that you should go after your dreams. And of course, you know, the timeline might look very different. I often think like, man, I, I bet my business would be a lot further down the road if I had a nanny more often than, you know, the two days a week that I do. That's probably a very true statement, but I also, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't personally want to trade that. So I, I, I'm glad you reminded me of that because that's exactly what I thought of was her. She, she posts it quite a bit and it's a, it's a really good reminder to go after your dreams. And, and like you said, in all reality, those dreams very well might be being a mother. That's, Mm -hmm. you might be living your dreams and maybe just have forgotten. Yes. Yes. Because sometimes you don't think like I'm living my dream while you're, you know, like you said, cleaning up bodily fluids and <laughs> dealing with tantrums <laughs> and, you know, all that stuff. You're not just like, this is the dream <laughs> all the time. But then you remember like, actually, this is. And it is like, I, I actually really do mean that. Um, it really is the dream and it's incredible and and nothing compares to it. Um, okay, so we could like go in so many different directions and I want to touch on so many things with you, but let's like stop and rewind really quick. And will you tell us a little bit about just your motherhood journey? You said that you, you really prayed for a long time and it, it was a lot to get Ava here, your first. So um, tell us what that journey looked like for you, becoming a mom. Sure. Um, so I got married later in life and... I just was convinced, right, as soon as you start trying to make a baby, it just, it happens exactly because that's how babies are made. And, (laughs) right. And it did not work for a while. And then I had had an early miscarriage. I think they call it, they term it like a chemical pregnancy now. And that was really kind of devastating but one of the things that I did and I'm pretty open about this I I have endometriosis I you know I've had a couple surgeries and I knew that might be a factor but I also was just not okay with just that answer and we hadn't quite met um, met the time frame to go meet with an infertility doctor and there is a manual technique I I do it often in my clinic. And so my husband and I agreed that I was going to drive back up to Idaho where I had worked previously because an old coworker, her and I had taken the class at the same time. This visceral mobilization is, is the name of this technique. And she hammered on me for three days. It's not normally that painful, at least the way that I do it. But we also were kind of under the gun because I knew like 
man, I'm getting old and I'm going to have to go see an infertility doctor. And so anyways, I was able to get pregnant the next month, which I attribute a lot of that to that visceral mobilization technique. And there's some emerging research to support that. That's a happy to chat about that on another day, but that's not why I'm here. And so of course I just was panicked. I would imagine as most mamas are after, you know, you think you get pregnant and you are, and then you lose that baby, you lose that pregnancy. And then, um, so that was a really incredible time being pregnant because we also thought it was a great idea. We should remodel our house. And so I was trying to juggle maintaining, you know, the house and all the projects, but also, um, Jillian Michaels has a book and it kind of breaks down the nutrients you need in each trimester. And so I had made a list for each trimester of the foods that I should pull from for all my snacks and food meals. And it, it really was a good time minus being sick. And she got here just with a little bit of struggle. I should say I had all intentions of having a hypnobirth and she decided otherwise it just didn't quite work that way so i ended up having a c-section with her and she was just the sweetest the sweetest baby she really was is i guess she's a toddler now but she really is the sweetest girl wow yeah that you did go through a lot and that's that's something that we don't realize like until you're in that stage of life and um going through all of that, that it's not necessarily just easy every time to get them here. And I'm so sorry that you experienced loss. I am just talking more and more to my friends who have gone through that and things. It just breaks my heart how, how hard it makes future pregnancies because I just kind of like before I really gave it thought, I just kind of assumed like, oh, well, then when you do get pregnant, you know, and especially like get further along in the pregnancy, then you're just relieved. But no, like the anxiety is so real after experiencing the loss. Right. Yeah, I I, I think you're absolutely correct because we had had a miscarriage to someone close in our family. I won't mention who just... For privacy, I don't, I don't know if I have clearance to say that, but I, rem I remember watching them endure that. She was much further along than I was, and I remember thinking, man, I've heard so many women say, oh, a miscarriage, and it it was very different to watch that those family members go through that, and very similarly, I mean, nobody had really known about ours because it was early enough on that we hadn't shared it with anybody. But I think you're right. There's, I don't want to say not until you go through it, but I think e even just watching someone you love go through it, it's, it can be pretty heart-wrenching. But I, I mean, I, I think there's a reason that we're, that that innate nurturing and protective you know dare i use that cliche term mama bear but that is i think there's a reason it's just so innate for us we 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 want to create life and bring life into the world and to mother this life and nurture this life we've created and so it feels very innate to me which i guess you would you would have the ups and downs sometimes yeah totally 
Totally. So after Ava was born, um, how did postpartum look for you? Oh my gosh, you can't see me. And I, I, so I was thinking about this coming up and just wondering, man, how do I even approach it? So we had decided um, many, I was the last one of my friends to have kids. And so I had asked a lot of them, I'd heard about this placenta encapsulation. And I just thought it was the oddest thing I ever heard. But of my friends that who had done it compared to their pregnancies that they didn't do it, they said they noticed a huge difference. And so I thought, you know what, sign me up. I want to make sure I'm showing up as a good mom. Again, I had these con- these preconceived notions of how I thought my birth was going to be, and it didn't go that way. And so I had these preconceived notions of how I thought postpartum was going to be. And taking those placenta pills, as we called them at our house, it was really helpful. It was really, really helpful. However, I ended up going back to work a little earlier than what I planned. I went back at six weeks. Part of that was just our circumstances. My husband wanted to go back to school and I wanted to make sure we weren't taking out any student loans because we're older. And there was just a lot of stress. He was working full-time and going to school full-time. So I really felt like a single mom with a newborn trying to just, you know, figure some of this out. Not that he wasn't there to participate, but he wasn't there a lot. And so I just felt, I was kind of thinking about it. I felt just every day it got worse and worse. And I remember when I would drop off Ava at um, these two sweet, sweet ladies in our neighborhood, I would alternate whose house they would go to. And everyone at work would say, this is before I'd opened up my own clinic, How, how's it going? And And I would just walk in just crying and my makeup all messed up and they kept saying it's going to get easier and it was probably a solid three to four months that I cried every time I dropped her off and I just it just everything just kept kept feeling like it was getting worse and worse and finally one day um my husband was just home and he had mentioned are you okay and I said no I'm not and I don't know why and so I had I'd gone to the doctor and of course all the answers the questionnaire that they give you I was so embarrassed to have to say whatever the I think it was numbers that I had to circle so long ago but I remember feeling so embarrassed but I thought no this is what I'm going to do for my little girl and so we were able to make some changes medications didn't work for me my that's um I just didn't respond well. Every side effect you could possibly have that they tell you, I had all of them. And so we we were able to make some changes and my husband was really present, making sure that, you know, I, I exercised daily and we got outside and, you know, my diet was cleaner than it ever had been and, you know, all, all those little things. And I feel very grateful that my husband was so on board with it because I have heard many other stories where that communication, right? Like, well, baby, you should be fine. Like, here's your baby. And, you know, this is what you've dreamed of. This is what you prayed for. And I don't know why you're not happy. And it it really had nothing to do with me not being happy. Just my brain wasn't functioning the way it needed to. So that was, that was my first experience. And it probably took me almost a year to feel like myself. Yeah. Wow. We, oh my gosh, like, moms really are just so incredible and like that you were working while you had this tiny baby and just the stress of like 
your husband being in school and everything and you know just adjusting to being a new mom and life with a newborn and how to take care of this little person and how to take care of yourself and how to even feel like a person and showing up for your clients and everything like it's like no wonder you were struggling you know and then on top of that all of the chemical things going on in your body it's like just how could you not have had a hard time right yeah oh well, i'm so glad that your husband was there for you and so understanding um because yeah sometimes men like aren't familiar with with postpartum depression or anxiety or um you know they maybe they just can't relate to like how the the mom is feeling or whatever and they just kind of yeah that communication is so important to get on the same page but it sounds like he was like already kind of educated on what could what what could happen and was ready to well I, I I'm not trying to throw him under the bus I wouldn't say that he's educated he would sometimes say to me he's like it literally you would be fine and then it was like someone would flip a switch and you were now somebody that I didn't recognize which as a new mom you know like trying to figure out who you are in this body and you know caring for this little one it's hard enough and I remember feeling like so I felt this way very devalued like I wasn't worth anything anymore and you know like you can just imagine how my thoughts would spiral but he's he's pretty he was pretty blunt about it he's like well, well no that like that I'm not trying to offend you I just you were literally a different woman and I I just want to make sure you're good and he said he researched, like he typed it in, like, is my wife supposed to be crazy and crying all the time? Like something along those lines. <laughs> but I, I just think he saw such a distinction of who I was. But And I, I mean, I felt it too. I just don't know if I, I think that's the tough part is you're just so like the blinders are on and you're trying to, you know, do, do the thing every day. I, I could feel that, but I just don't know if I ever took time to be able to put words to it or to identify that I didn't feel like myself anymore. Yeah. Well, you were a little bit busy. So you didn't really have yeah. time to sit there and like check in with yourself a whole lot, right. probably. <laughs> yeah. I can just only, I'm just imagining him Googling, is my wife supposed to be crazy and crying all the time after having a baby? And I'm sure all sorts of helpful resources came up because it yeah. definitely is a thing. That's so, like, I mean, it's not funny, but it is a little bit funny, but, um, but it's not now funny. Now it's funny. Now it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Now, exactly. Now it's funny. Um, so then how did that look for you? You got feeling better and you had your little boy. So how did round two look? Um, so if we're going to use that busy word again, it only got, it only was added. So soon after i started feeling like myself we bought a rental property we moved into it because the financing was much better and looking back i we were probably so silly to do it but i'm so glad we did because we moved in uh the last day of january 2020 and so i am now a landlord my husband's still in school we rented out our previous home and so i'm now a landlord in a matter of just you know <laughs> a couple of 
after, I guess after signing paperwork, I, I should say. So I was kind of thrown in on that front. And soon after we realized, so we moved in the end of January and probably a, um, almost two months later, I somehow discovered I was pregnant. I don't know how I had missed that I had missed so many cycles along the way, probably because I was busy. There's that word again, trying to figure out how to be a landlord and do the right right thing, the legal thing. And um, then, of course, COVID happened. And that was an entire, <laughs> not how I anticipated that pregnancy to go. And I'm sure you can relate. I, I think most moms can, that we really look back with the first and think, wow, I had so much free time when I was pregnant with the first, how luxurious it was to take naps all the time. And now when you're pregnant with the second, you don't necessarily have that luxury because again, my husband's still in school. I'm be being a landlord, still doing my job um, as a physical therapist. And that time felt very full. And my you know, just because of finances and such, we weren't, we, we made a couple moves. I, my husband always says I act like we're one transaction away from bankruptcy, but we really aren't. I just, I, I act that way. And so <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, we have these, it's COVID. We have these rental properties. My schedule at work was lessening. And so he started working nights because he made a little more to kind of make up with what I wasn't bringing home. And that just added a whole another level and so anyways B Bubba as we call him he joined the world that was kind of a a stressful birth because there was a lot out of my hands it he came earlier probably because I might have been building a fence the weekend before I was supposed to have another C uh, another c-section with him so he came oh a little God. bit early and again being full and <laughs> or having a full life and such but um Yes, that and that that was also an interesting time. I I am learning more about how the body responds to stress and such for for my patients and myself. And I had a really hard time initially connecting with him. It was kind of a difficult birth, and I didn't handle the anesthesia as well. And I remember thinking, "What have I done?" Because I I didn't even feel strong enough or safe enough to hold him. I kept thinking I was going to drop him. So he was probably four hours old before I held him on my own independently. And uh, right after he was born, we also started looking for a home during the middle of all that, when all the house prices were just through the roof, you know, people were offering, you know, 50, $75,000 over asking. That was what we were doing. Um, within a month of him being born, we started looking for a home and that was a little wild and crazy um and I do mean crazy I, I know we, we talked about we, did, we didn't like that word but truly actually that, <laughs> that felt frantic because you know I, right because and I we also did placenta encapsulation as well and so there was just a lot that I was trying to manage and I felt I felt like I did a better job that time keeping my head above water because we knew what to expect. My husband checked in with me pro probably every day. How are you doing today? And, you know, we knew that when that placenta, when those placenta pills are running out that, you know, I might be in a world of hurt because that's what happened last time in the sense of that's when things really ramped up for my um, depression and anxiety. And it, 
it was an interesting time because we did have so much on our plate. Also, we were remodeling the duplex that we were living in as well. So if you can imagine having a two-month-old baby and like rinsing out your pumps in the bathtub because the sink was too tiny in the bathtub, but we had ripped out the kitchen. Anyways, it, it really was a chaotic, hectic time. And so we moved and I just was like, yeah, it's going to be so great. And then a month after moving, we made the decision that I should um, open up my own practice. So Bubba was between three to four months. And that was really a wild and crazy ride in itself. And about that time, my husband left out of state to work um, just for the job that he was at. And so I was trying to <laughs> raise my two children, build a business on the side because I, I wasn't telling anyone yet. My husband wasn't there. And then when I did tell work, it was kind of a, um, should have thought of a word to use. I, I required some outside counsel for some suggestions and stuff. Anyways, it, it, that was, that felt very wild and crazy to me at the time. And of course, my postpartum depression and anxiety came back with a full vengeance. And that one, I think, I say that one, that time period, that postpartum time period, that one lasted much longer. And I think a lot of that was because of what was on my plate. But I also knew there was things coming down the pipeline. I won't bore you with my husband's job and, and where everything. We knew that there was going to be an end to this hecticness. And I will say, I think that's the thing that we refer to that really helped us grow as a family, as a husband and wife, that really we now know how to put our kids first and work through the tough times, especially when, because where my husband was, his phone didn't always work. There wasn't a lot of reception. So I didn't really get to talk to him very much. But the the thing I'll even add in here is I... um. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but I, I now know that because we've had our genes tested, I have the MTHFR gene. I don't I don't know if you're familiar with that or um when you look at it, it looks like well, I don't want to say it so that way you don't have to bleep anything else, but it's so it's MTHFR and it's a gene mutation. And part of that is is our bodies can't break down folate very well. And so if you remember it like it's it's well spoken that you know after you have that baby you need to be taking those prenatal vitamins and taking them and taking them you know for up to a year but in those if you have that mthfr gene there's folate but you can't break it down and so i now know that when you have the mthfr gene and you're taking the unknowingly taking those prenatal vitamins that actually can increase the incidence. Uh, I can't remember if it was depression or anxiety or both. For sure, it was one of them. And I remember thinking when I was reading this study, once we figured out that this was something that I had and my kiddos have and my husband actually has, that I it said something. And I just was thinking, I took my prenatal vitamins for a year like I was supposed to, right? Like thinking I was taking good care of my health come to find out I think that was one of the things besides my you know my schedule and everything I shared I think that was a really big part of it and I'm not frustrated or mad or you know because hindsight's 2020 but it's very interesting to think 
if I could do this again, knowing what I know now, would that change my depression and anxiety? I almost, I I hope my husband's not listening, but I almost want to try again just to see, knowing what I know about my genes and how my body breaks things down or don't break things down, would that, would that give me a really amazing postpartum period without the depression and anxiety? I don't know, but that, that was the second one. That one was the, that was a rodeo. It felt, wow. it felt like we were on a bucking ball the whole time. So with the, the gene mutation, um, what can be done then if you are aware that you have that? Like, what would you do differently um, to that's That's a good question. So I, and my kiddos and my husband and I, we all take um, our, our, multivitamins it's a methylated version of the folate um i can't remember it's it's a lot of chemistry and i'd have to like refresh my brain on it but essentially what it comes down to is if you have that gene mutation your body has a harder time breaking things down it has a harder time detoxing and so one of the things that our doctor has suggested to us is really making sure that our diet is very clean of course you know, especially with inflation, it's hard to eat organic all the time, you know, but really be mindful of consuming organic of the clean, or I would say this wrong. Um, If you're going to, if you can't consume organic, consume the clean 15. There's a list of 15 fruits and vegetables because their layer is thicker. It won't absorb as much pesticides. Um, We also, it's easy with my kids and myself that we do like a detox bath once a week um we uh I'm, what's the i'm thinking of what the name oh he so he encouraged us to consume um n-acetylcysteine it's nac a lot of people i've seen a lot of people talk about glutathione but nac is a precursor to glutathione and it's cheaper as a supplement comparatively so that is a little extra savings Um, But really just being mindful about the things I'm consuming so that my body doesn't have to work as hard to to detox because it just doesn't do as good of a job. Getting off caffeine was another one Um, I sometimes consume from time to time. But those are are some of the main things that he encouraged us to do. And um, there's, there's a couple of accounts on Instagram that I think give a lot of really great information and reference studies and and that type of a thing too. Wow. Um, as you're, so when you did start talking about this, I remembered that I had heard of it. I had one friend who, who told me, you know, just so you know, like if you wanted to look into like getting your, your genes tested or, or whatever, to see if you have this to just give you a leg up on, you know, the postpartum depression and you have a baby Anyway, it's just like, I don't think this is very widely known. So I'm glad talking about it just so, you know, people can know that that's something that they could maybe get tested or, or look at. Yeah. And I'll, I'll even say too, just to save you. So we, uh, my, our pediatrician at the time would not order the test. Um, and that was kind of a really aggravating moment because I thought, wait a minute, I, I, I'm paying for it, which turns out um, it's around, at the time anyways, this was about two years ago, it, it would have been $700 per person. But our 
doctor suggested that we do 23andMe or do the kit from Ancestry.com. We did Ancestry.com. My husband and I did, right? Because our kids would be a halfsies of us, right? And then we plugged it in through a place called Nutra Hacker. Um, and price-wise, I think for all of us, for my husband and I to do all that, I think it was under $300 maybe or just over. And it pro it provided all that information and so much more. And probably in the years to come, they'll, there'll be lots of other options. So that's kind of a easy backdoor way to get around the cost and, and that and that type of a thing a little too, besides all the other information okay awesome i'm definitely keeping that in my back pocket i really should actually do that and and it would be cool to to just take a you know an ancestry test and whatever else to so or like a yeah a dna test um wow so Okay, I also, I was going to mention, I'm like switching gears here, but I just can't believe that you are dealing with remodeling and buying a house and moving all while having a newborn and a toddler. Like, I, <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. We moved into our current house when I was um like, seven yeah six or seven months pregnant with fawn and um and like we say all the time we're like oh my gosh if we would have moved like after she was born you know like just when she was a newborn or whatever we wouldn't have made it out alive um because moving was so stressful and i actually i i say this like anytime that this comes that people talk about like moving and it being stressful I validate them with this I like heard or read a few years ago that moving is one of the most stressful things that people can go through and as far as like stress levels it's right up there with divorce and death of a loved one um like maybe not as tragic but as far as stress it's right up there and I have experienced all three of those things and I can confirm that in in my experience like moving wrecked us it was so stressful and like finding a house and you know putting in an offer getting accepted you know selling our house just doing the whole moving thing doing like repairs on the new house everything like oh my gosh and I know it doesn't sound stressful but like it is so anyway i just can't believe you did all of that with a newborn and that you are still alive today to tell about it yeah i i think when you put it that way it it does feel like a lot and to be honest i i don't even know if i was phased by it at the time but you know when i tell that story it's been other people's comments like wow that's a that's a lot to do and one thing that I learned from one of my aunts who, like you, uh, she passed away two years ago. The the one thing that I, I learned from her about motherhood is that she made everything in a, an adventure. And that was one thing that just really stuck with me, you know, because I was pretty close with her. And 
watching her like there there never was a bad day she always made a game out of it or she, or she always made it exciting or just made it an adventure and that is one thing I mean when she was when when she was still on earth like I, I you know I picked this up but I definitely have picked it up more so in the last couple of years and I I I mean I'm sure I was stressed and and panicked from time to time but that was one thing that I, I just tried to make it really fun for my daughter you know like oh you're gonna get a new room and you know we I think we had even transitioned her out of her toddler bed into like a brand new bed and you know as much as we could make it exciting and um you know that comes like with a new house and such and I think because this house had so much more room than the duplex that we were living in because it was so tiny that and I feel like that in itself was probably more of a stressor than anything else we've endured in a while but I it's it's interesting how your maybe your perception of your own life it's very different like that didn't feel hard to me it did but maybe not comparatively to other things but I also think that we are so much stronger than maybe we give ourselves credit for because it really wasn't I didn't I don't know if I would have considered myself a strong woman or a strong mother until after I had told that story to women before you know patients and you know yeah I had a baby during COVID was it hard for you was it you know that kind of conversation and I, I, I don't know if I would have considered myself strong until I had that validation from other women so it's interesting that you say that too but I also feel like I, I should say that because I don't I don't know if I perceived myself that way in the interim of that yeah yeah, I I love okay, I love what you said about making everything an adventure. I love that. And then I think that that sometimes um where like something that we're going through it just becomes normal. It's just like becomes our reality. And then it's other people being like, "Oh my gosh." That it kind of makes us realize like oh, like I've become strong that I can, you know, handle this or that I went through that or whatever. I love that. Um, so how do you feel like, do you feel like, um, you know, mental health wise and things like that? Do you feel like you're in a better place now? Um, like, how do you find, how do you take care of yourself now as a mom of, of two, like, little kids um I I think it's an ongoing thing I well you know I think there are seasons of life where you think okay I had this figured out and I I think for my mental health I I think that's the first thing is just really just knowing like this is just a season it's not going to last forever because it's going to change and so I kind of focus on okay how do I manage the season and making it an adventure like my aunt Barbie always did with us or so so I think that's the biggest one um the other thing that I've started doing um with my schedule is that I, I've always been a morning person but I wasn't always I oftentimes I put my physical health on the back burner and just try to fit something in and then be frustrated that my kids were bugging me and so I recently bought a treadmill to put in our basement and that, and I listened to a personal development um, or like a podcast or, you know, a book on tape or something in the morning that's 
uplifting, that's inspiring me. And I have just been amazed at how doing that in the morning, whether I feel like I want to or not, I feel like superwoman when I show up that day. Because by the time I'm done, at least one of them are awake. And I feel like I'm ready to hit the ground running because the endorphins are there. Um, my cortisol levels are down because I've moved my body. My brain feels ready to go um, rather than just feeling behind sometimes when they would wake up. And I think the other thing that I've done mental health wise, and I'm a work in progress on this one, is saying yes more to my kids. I have been so surprised that just by saying yes more often, like, mom, can we bake cookies? Yes. Which I, I wouldn't normally want to bake cookies or like have them like make a mess. And But I've noticed the more that I say yes to time with my kids, I show up as a better mom. And I don't know, I'm sure there's a relationship there. Maybe I'm too close to it to see it. But those are the things I would say have been the the, the most helpful for my mental health in my brain oh my gosh those are those are some good that's some good advice so just to recap the three things that you're doing now is making things an adventure um starting your day with like your you time exercise personal development time whether you feel like it or not and then saying mm -hmm. yes to your much as you can Wow. Yes. That is so good. I love that. And I'm going to, like, you're inspiring me right now so much. I love it. And I totally, I mean, I could get on such a, like, I could go on and on agreeing with you about the exercising in the morning because it's life changing. I think, especially as a mom, it's life changing to get up and exercise in the morning oh my gosh and it's so true like I um right now I'm I'm going to the gym at five in the morning um is my current routine and there are some there are some mornings where it doesn't happen because I'm always I'm also somebody who has to get sleep and so if we had a, a late night the night before then I'll go later in the morning with my kids and take them to the daycare at the gym or whatever so you know, it's not like every single morning, but it's most mornings. And it has truly... Good for you, Mama. Well, good for me because it's the best thing I've ever done for myself. It's the, it's the best gift I've ever given myself. And when you said that you feel like superwoman, yeah, like it makes you feel like freaking superwoman. And... And then you you go and you mentioned this too, like you go into the rest of your day already having given yourself that amazing gift and taken that time for yourself. And so you're just ready to be so present with your kids versus when I've when my routine has been to do an at home workout while my kids are awake. It's just so hard. <laughs> and um <laughs> And so it turns into like, maybe I got like 15 minutes in of, you know, interrupted over and over workout. And, and then I feel like frustrated and kind of resentful, like, oh, I can, I can't get time in for myself or whatever, you know, it just, yeah, 
So, like I said, I could go on and on and on, but I'm all about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's so good. That's so good. Um, So, if there was a mama who was listening who, let's say that she just had her first baby or just had her second baby or whatever number of baby, and she's in the thick of it, like in the worst part of where you were at uh, with anxiety and depression... Um, maybe her husband's Googling, is this normal for my wife to be (laughs) crazy and crazy? Um, if you just had like one thing for her to, to know, then what would that be? I would tell her to look herself in the mirror and say with the most confidence that you've ever said, you are enough and you're doing the job that your baby needs you to do. And and no like like that intuition is there. Um I I think there's a lot of power of looking yourself in the mirror and saying these things to you even if you feel like you're lying to yourself. I I've I've seen a lot of change for myself. It's something that occasionally I share with my patients and clients. And I think a lot of us don't always believe that. And I keep saying it over and over every day. Even if you're crying, your mascara is like stuck to your face. You haven't showered in five days. Say it anyways. Wow. I love that. Our words are powerful, like we said earlier. That, that's perfect thank you for that um thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and just sharing your light anybody who gets to listen to you or be around you or be a client of yours always leaves better and always leaves uplifted I know I have so thank you so much for coming on here thank you thank and thank you for your such sweet and kind words as well yes so if people want to find you so that they can um, work with you as a client or, you know, partake in some of your online resources and products and things, then where's the best place they can find you? They are welcome to go to my website, which is, it's one word, beyond the V, by poly.com, or I'm on Instagram as well at beyond the V, period, by Polly, P-A-U-L-I, either is fine it'll it should send you at least connect you with how to you know talk chat with me and we can figure out what's the best next course or even just get your questions answered perfect perfect by the way I freaking love your business name it's so cute (laughs) (laughs) thank you I love it I love it okay well thanks Polly you are welcome